today on Transforming Lives. According to Dr. John C. Maxwell, success is knowing your purpose in life, growing to your maximum potential, and sowing seeds that benefit others. Welcome to Transforming Lives, a media ministry of Bethel World Outreach Church, City of Glory in Alexandria, Virginia, a multicultural, missions-oriented, disciple-making organization with the purpose of sharing the gospel with as many people as possible in the Northern Virginia area and around the world. Please join Reverend Obadiah Swen for today's message. John 14, 12 to 14. Most assuredly I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. A group of travelers enter a city, and they were amazed by the architectural and the, um, the beauty and the way the city was run. Anxious to gain more understanding about the city, they asked an old man who was sitting at the gate, was any good man or woman born in this city? No, the old man replied. Only babies were born here, but this city is the gateway to the entire world. Similarly, there is no one who is born successful, but God has given each of us gifts and talents to make a lasting impact in our generation. Today, we want to begin a series on recipe for success. According to Dr. John C. Maxwell, success is knowing your purpose in life, growing to your maximum potential, and sowing seeds that benefit others. Notice that this definition has three facets, knowing your purpose, growing to your maximum potential, and sowing seeds that benefit others. If you are like me, you are probably asking, what is purpose? How do I maximize my potential? How do I sow seeds that benefit others? The passage that we read in John chapter 14, verse 12 to 14, gives us an insight concerning the answers to these questions. Jesus said, if you believe in him, you will do the works that he did, and greater works you shall do because he was going to his father. And whatsoever you ask in his name, he will do it. In this passage, Jesus is challenging us to join him in his work. According to John 4, 34, Jesus said his work involves doing the will of God. Jesus also said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the spirit of the Lord was upon him to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent him to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover a sight to the blind, to set up liberty those who were oppressed, and to proclaim the year of God's favor. Jesus said in John 14, those who believe in him will do his work, and even greater works they will do because he was going to this Father. This means that the work of Jesus involves God, people, and our ability to maximize our potential. In short, the works of Jesus 
It's increasing your ability to cooperate with God and minister to people. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If we join the work of Jesus and commit our lives to it, we will be successful. Today, we will introduce our series on the recipe for success by sharing with you an overview of seven ingredients of success. They are, number one, living a focused lifestyle. Number two, connecting with people. Number three, developing self-discipline. Number four, developing a positive attitude. Number five, understanding the power of influence. Number six, developing a generous spirit. And number seven, energizing your passion. Let's look at each of these uh, um, ingredients more closely. Number one, living a focused lifestyle. Focus is the consecration of one's attention, time, and energy on something. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 3 to 14, Paul said, This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the high price of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul lived a focused life. Paul lived a lifestyle that was focused, and because of that, he was able to accomplish great things for God and for humanity. The second uh, um, ingredient is connecting with people. To connect with people is to establish a rapport or a relationship with them, to cooperate with them or to collaborate with them. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4, the Bible says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each one esteem the other better than himself, and let each one look out for the other's interests, but also for not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. This passage is telling us about the importance of people. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 7, um, the Bible said, Paul speaking, he said, I therefore, or the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling wherewith you have been called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bound of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as we are called in one hope of your calling and one Lord, one baptism, one faith, one God and Father of us all, who is above all and through all and in all. But to each one is given grace according to the measure of faith. People are very, very important. And if you will be successful, you need to learn to cooperate, to minister, and to respect people. Number three, tr the third ingredient is developing self-discipline. 
Discipline is training to improve self-control. The joining of growth and success is first an internal one. In order for you to be successful, you must be disciplined. You must put on uh, uh, um, restraint and set boundaries and set uh, um, habits that, that will help you to grow. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul said, Everyone who competes in a race for the prize, everyone who competes, competes for the for the prize is temperate in everything. Now they do it for a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. Therefore I run, not as with uncertainty does I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and put it in subjection, lest by any means that when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. It is very, very important for us um, to, to make sure that we discipline ourselves. An athlete will, will spend hours and time in order to make sure that he or she is in shape in order to accomplish the goal that they set before them. And so self-discipline is very, very important. Moses said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 to 3, Every commandment which I command you today, you must do and be careful to observe. You must live and multiply so that you may live and multiply and go and possess the land wherewith God has called you and has soon to your fathers. But you shall remember the Lord your God who led you these ways for 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you in order to know what is in your heart so that whether or not you will keep his commandment in order to humble you and allow you to hunger and he fed you with manna which you did not know, neither did your fathers know, and he made you to understand that men should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is very, very important to know that God himself desires that we be disciplined, that we live a life and learn to control ourselves and learn to live a life of discipline and set boundaries. The Bible tells us about the children of Israel that they went through the wilderness and for 40 years, they went through the wilderness in order for God to teach them and to let them know that man or woman cannot live by bread alone. That, you, that means we need to discipline ourselves and we need to learn to follow the word of God and learn to trust him and learn to pursue that which God has put in our lives and in our hearts. It is so, so important for us to learn and develop these principles. Hallelujah. Amen. The fourth uh, um, ingredient is developing a positive attitude. Now, it is said that attitude is very, very important. It is the expression of oneself. It is your true expression. It is that which draws people to you or that which repels people from you. Your attitude is the, uh, the librarian of your, your past. It is the speaker of your present, and it is the prophet of your future. Your attitude will either make you or will break you. Your attitude will either make you 
go forward in life or be able to accomplish great things or your attitude will destroy your life. It is so, so important. A very good illustration in the Bible is in, it's found in Numbers chapter 13, verse 23 to, to 30, uh, uh, um, from verse 27 to 33. The Bible recounts a story in Numbers about the children of Israel. They were on their way to the promised land. And they stopped at a place, and Moses, the leader, decided to send leaders from each one of the tribes into the promised land in Canaan to spy the land. The Bible tells us that he chose the leaders for these, these different tribes, and 12 of them went into the, to the land to, to spy the land, to do reconnaissance on the land. And the Bible tells us that when they went in the land, they came back after 40 days of, of spying the land and, and checking out the land to find out all of the things that God has promised his people concerning the land that he, he was giving them. The Bible tells us that when they came back, 10 of the men decided to give a negative report. You see, the attitude were uh, uh, um, buried in what they, they felt. They were, it was buried in their, 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 their unbelief. It was buried in uh, um, their own selfish reason. And the Bible tells us that they began to recount a negative report. They said in, in, in Numbers chapter 13, the land that, we, that you sent us to spy, that God has promised to give us, that land is a good land. The land is surely flowing with milk and honey. But we are not able to possess the land. We are not able to take the land because the people who are in the land are giants. And because they are giants, we see ourselves as grasshoppers. Now, what they did was that they discouraged the entire multitude of the, of the congregation of the children of Israel from advancing to possess that which God has given them. They had a negative attitude. Amen. They caused the entire nation to rebel against God because the people began to murmur and cry and complain. They began to murmur that, that, that God was bringing them to destroy them while God was bringing them to bless them and to give them something good. And, and because of that, they, they, all of them, okay, all of the people that were over 20 years and over, they died in the wilderness. They never received or experienced their inheritance because they had a negative attitude. It is very, very important that we watch our attitude. The things we do, the way we behave, what we say, how we perceive things, we need to make sure. But you see, this, that's not the end of the story because two of the spies who went, they had a positive attitude. They said in Numbers chapter uh, 14, verse 6 to 9, don't rebel against God. If God uh, uh, desire for us to have this land, we will surely possess. The people are bred. The people, the land is good, and God has given. They had a good attitude. Caleb and Joshua had a good attitude. They believed God, and they trusted God that God was able to give them what they, they did. And because of that, they were the only two men among all of the leaders, or all those above 20 years old, who entered the promised land. Amen. Your attitude will make you or it will break you. Amen. Number five, um, the fifth ingredient is the power of influence. You see, our ability to win the hearts and minds of people is wrapped up in your will, our willingness 
to respect their aspiration, their interests, their concerns, while developing a competence in what we do and through trust and in integrity. Let me say this again. Your ability to win the hearts of people is wrapped up in your willingness to respect their aspiration, to respect their interests, to respect their concerns, to, re to, to, to develop a competence on what you are doing through trust and integrity. If you will win the hearts of people and influence them powerfully, you need to respect them. If you will win the hearts of people and, and influence them powerfully, you need to, 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 to be concerned about their interests and their, and, and their concerns. You need to develop yourself in such a way that you, you, you live before the people that you are serving with integrity and trust. There is a good story in, in the book of 1 Samuel, um, uh, the story of David and Goliath. Um, the, um, do in, in doing that, that story, the Bible tells us that Saul was the king. He was the king at the time, and he took the children of Israel to war. They were fighting the Philistines. But when they went to war, there was a giant from the Philistine army that came out and challenged the army of, of Israel. He challenged them. He came up, and, and the Bible tells us that for 40 days, he came out every morning and every evening, and he would challenge them. This man, he was Goliath. He was a, a, a giant. He was nine feet tall. He had a, 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 a armor. He, uh, somebody had to carry his shield. And so he was very, very, very strong. And he had been fighting since his youth. But when he came on and challenged the children of Israel, the Bible says the entire army reigned. They were afraid. But David, a young shepherd boy, was sent by his father to carry food for his brothers. And the Bible tells us that when David took the food and he went to the, the army camp, just in, as he was entering the camp, Goliath came out just like usual, and he made the same threat, and he made the same challenge. And David, a young boy, Watch the army, the entire army, the generals, those who were trained, those who have mastered the scale of warfare. He watched all of them running. And David, instead of running, David said, wait a minute. Why are you running? Instead of seeing a giant, David saw a godless man. Instead of seeing a giant that would defeat Israel, David saw Goliath that God was able to defeat. Instead of seeing a giant that was unbeatable, David saw a God who was bigger than the giant. And so David began to talk to the men, and as he was talking to the men, that the, the, his, his conversation went to the, the, to the king. And so David told the king, told King Saul, don't be afraid. Let nobody heart fail them. I will go and fight this giant and I will deliver Israel from this reproach. And the Bible tells us in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45, the Bible tells us that when David went, he carried uh, um, three uh, uh, um, small stones, to, 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 I mean five stones to, to fight Goliath. And when Goliath saw David, Goliath began to curse David. Goliath began to curse David's God. And David said to Goliath, you come to me with a shield 
and with a sea, uh, uh, um, javelin and with a song, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. I come to you, the God of Israel, whom you have challenged. This day I will defeat you, and I will cut off your head, and I will give your bodies to the, to the birds of the air. And the Bible says David ran to Goliath because he knew that the battle is not ours. The battle is the Lord's. And because of that, David was able to defeat Goliath and brought victory to Israel. David inspired the people. And the Bible tells us that the people were, were, were inspired to fight because David, young, this young boy, stood up for God and knew that God was able to grant victory. If you will influence people, you must be willing to stand. You must be willing to sharpen the skills that God has given you. Say hallelujah. Amen. Number six, the sixth ingredient is to develop a generous spirit. To develop a generous spirit. Generosity is a willingness to give of your time, your talent, your resources, and your attention unconditionally. There is a story of the, the girl Ruth. She was married to an Israelite, uh, 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 Ruth, uh, um, Naomi, and her husband went to Moab because of farming in Bethlehem and went to Moab in order for them to escape the farming. But when they went, Naomi's husband died and her two sons died. And the Bible tells us that Naomi decided to go back to Israel. But when she was going, her two daughter-in-laws decided that they were going to take care of her. They were going to go with her. But Naomi discouraged them and told them, don't go because I can't, I can't help you. The Bible says the other daughter-in-law, Opa, decided to go back. But then Ruth said to her mother-in-law, don't allow me to go back. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Your, your, where you live, I will live. Where you sleep, I will sleep. And let nothing separate us but death. And so Ruth was willing to give off of herself in order to help Naomi. And the story tells us that because of that, God blessed this woman and caused her to be the great-great-grandmother of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's very important to develop a generous spirit. Last but not the least, uh, is uh, um, the number seven is to energize your passion. Amen. Passion is a strong desire to accomplish something great. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 to 6, the Bible says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet, Isaiah saying, a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the Baptist was passionate about doing what God has called him to do. He was passionate about fulfilling the plan. And God used him as a forerunner of Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, over the last, uh, 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 um, the next few weeks, <clears throat> We will be discussing these ingredients in greater uh, uh, way. And we'll be uh, uh, um, talking about it and looking at what God will show us. We pray that, that God will ignite a desire in you and uh, to, for you to acquire the principles that we are sharing. It is very, very important that you, you pay attention and take advantage of these, these teachings. Amen. We encourage you to 
to, to spend time and, and, and listen to the entire ep, uh, series, to, to learn the principles and share it with others. Learn these things and begin to apply it to your life. These principles are principles that have been tried and proven. They have been, uh, um, I've learned these principles for great men and women who love God and, and have accomplished enormous things in our society and our impact. We encourage you to, to serve God and to learn the recipes of success. Amen. Thank you for spending this time with us. We do not like to end our broadcast without giving you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. But your sins are separating you from God's abundant life. Therefore, he has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins so that you can experience forgiveness of sins and redemption from death and destruction. If you will accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you shall be saved and enjoy God's abundant life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Friends, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Friends. We are excited that you have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. We would like to send you some free materials to help you grow in your Christian faith. Please write or email us at Bethel World Outreach Church, City of Glory, 8305 Richmond Highway, Suite 2A, Alexandra, Virginia, 22309, or admin at Bethelva.com. We encourage you to join a good Bible-believing church so that you can serve the Lord with other believers. If you live in the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area, we invite you to worship with us at any of our services on Sunday morning at 11 a.m., our contemporary worship service, on Wednesday night at 8 p.m., our Bible study, and on Friday at 8 p.m. at our intercessory prayer meeting. Thank you for joining us, and God bless you. This has been a presentation of Transforming Lives, a media ministry of Bethel World Outreach Church, City of Glory. We are located on 8305 Richmond Highway, Suite 2A, Alexandria, Virginia, 22309. Please join us at one of our services on Sunday at 11 a.m. Contemporary Worship. Wednesday at 8 p.m. Bible study, and Friday at 8 p.m. intercessory prayer. For more information about Bethel City of Glory and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at BethelCityOfGlory.org or email us at admin at BethelVA.com. Mm -hmm.